in the same way that virtue is your natural tendency to do good, a virtuous friendship is the natural tendency to reflect the virtue of the other person. Welcome to the University Catholic. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Nacho. I'm Thomas. I'm Kylie. I'm Monsi. And this week we are talking about friendships. We're following the kind of pattern that we've had. Um, two weeks ago we talked about intentionality. And last week we talked about emotional chastity. And this week we are talking about friendships. And next week we are talking about a surprise. But before we get into all that, Kylie, I believe you have a joke for us, right? <laughs> That's the natural succession. is uh, It's relationships, then friendships, then surprise. Um, by the way, if you didn't get... Which Kylie is surprised that. right now. I love how Nach- I Right the second we started this, Nacho said, do we have a joke? Yeah. I said, no. He said, okay, fine one. I'm hey. currently looking. Yeah, it's all right. We can fill time. But, you know, I'm also going to say the reason I don't have one, because... I usually do my cat jokes. My cats are in trouble today. They vomited all on my bed, and I'm very upset about it. Sorry if you're so. eating right now. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it's great. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't have a joke right now. All right, then we'll go to, um, we all just got off a retreat right now. Um, we're all on staff for yeah, our did. awakening retreat. And if you don't know what an awakening retreat is, it's a college um Age retreat for college students put on by college students. So it's a great time. Um, <laughs> I think that's such a funny catchphrase. It's a college retreat put put on by college students for college students. And it's like growing up, at least, there was always like people my age on the staff, regardless of what it is. So like then you go to like another retreat that's like maybe for adults. It's like it's a, it's a retreat for adults put on by, by adults. adults. <laughs> like why would you have like children put on the adult retreaters? I don't know. <laughs> It's just a very funny catchphrase. But so for this like spring retreat that we're having in our church, I always say spring retreat. It's a retreat for teens by teens, eh? and no one gets it because no one is in college. But, <laughs> but yes, we just got off a staff retreat. Um, it was a day retreat, and it was put on by Kylie and I for our staff, since Kylie and our coordinators for that. But. Um, we want to kind of get a consensus of how was it for you guys? What is probably the biggest takeaway you got from this retreat? And we'll start with Monse. Um, I think the biggest takeaway that I got was like being able to recognize that before you can go out and like help others and just like, yeah, just like fulfill our roles like as disciples is that you yourself, like you have to really take care of yourself because or else like, I don't know, like, you know what I mean? I think Father said it in his homily, like, the importance of, like, us, like, our hostility and stuff like that. Like, we are going to be, um, like, other people's... Hospitals? Yes. And, like, taking care of them, like, because they, they are the patients, but in order to do that, we, like, ourselves have to take care of ourselves and, like, recognize, um, like, within us that, like, the Holy Spirit is going to be able to do the work, too. So, yeah. yeah. Right. What about you, Thomas? It was a great retreat. Um... I don't know a lot of people up at CSA because I'm uh, doing a lot of other stuff at my church frequently, um, my home parish, you know. Uh, so it was really good to meet a lot of new people. Um, I met uh, Elvita, I met Sarah, and I met other Sarah. 
Um, those are some significant names. And then I also like, I'm still learning names for other people. So we're working on it and it's getting better. <laughs> uh, but then also there was like, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a silent retreat part of it where we, you know, we prayed the rosary, which I didn't do because I showed up late. Uh, then we went to mass. Then we did reflections on scripture and it was all really good. I really like the idea of silent retreat and I got a lot out of the reflections of the scripture. So I don't know. All in all, probably best staff retreat I've ever been to. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. Awesome. What about you, Kylie Beth? Um, seeing, first of all, like the preparation of this retreat was really, um, inspiring and also like it just reminded me how amazing God's love and grace is for us because we did a lot of reading and meditating over St. Paul and his journey through life and his conversion and um, one thing we focused on was um, like being called and um, we're all called but it's also scary you know all of those hardships he went through and he went through them with such grace and trust in the Lord that Uh, It kind of just shows us that we don't ever have to fear. And even in those scariest times, like, God is always showing himself to us and saying, like, it's okay, just trust in me. Um, And he equips us with everything that we need, especially for this retreat that we're all working really hard for. Um, It's really humbling and um, exciting, the things that everyone's putting in for this retreat. And seeing everyone just be there and have fun and... um, be like with the Lord during mass. It was really wonderful. So yeah, it was really great. Awesome. Um, for me, uh, I think that one of the biggest takeaways was probably my favorite part that father came up with was writing the letters to the other staffs that are on there and writing it in the format that St. Paul would, for example, in like first Corinthians and all that, his letter to the Corinthians is very loving, very motivational. And it was kind of, one staff to the other would express their gratitude and their awe, their complete awe of their hard work. So it was just very beautiful to hear that from y'all and the way you guys expressed it to the other staffs. And then Kylie and I had such a fun time writing it from us as directors to our staff. It was very heartfelt and it was us just getting kind of emotional while we were writing it. But it was very beautiful to have that kind of moment to reflect on everything that he's given us throughout this staff retreat and how blessed we are to have our staff. So I think that was one of the biggest takeaways, at least for me, because it's one of the moments that I had to that I got to finally sit down and meditate over what was actually happening instead of running around and trying to coordinate something in the moment. But it was just us relaxing. So I think that was probably my favorite part. I think that part along with like the affirmation-centric other parts that went along with that really helped me feel more like a team, you know? Mm-hmm. Like initially it was like, oh yeah, it's just a bunch of people coming in from like different awakening retreats and then we're going to put another one on. But now it was like, I don't know. It, it made me feel more ownership of the Rowdy Awakening 5, and it made me feel more like we were a unified group. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Got a joke now? Uh, yes, I do. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and I guess I should apologize. Yeah, I didn't mean for that to sound disgusting whenever I put my cap. I mean, it was, it's... Uh, uh, we'll it's just, all good. We'll just uh, skip past that. But, you know... After that, you know, I decided we're doing a dog joke today. Love you guys. And we always, we should never leave out the dogs. I love dogs. (laughs) Um, Here we go. What's round and green and chases sheep? What's round and green and chases sheep? Yeah. 
And this is a dog joke? Yeah. I, 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 y'all, I'm pretty confident you can't get this one. Round and green. And he chases sheep. Yeah. Um, I have no I idea. This is the cookie monster. <laughs> cookie monster. <laughs> I'm just imagining, like, this grass-stained dog just rolling yeah, through a field. Three. Are the Grinch. Two. No. Oh. One. A melancholy. <laughs> Wait. That's really funny. <laughs> melancholy. No. <laughs> doesn't make melon. doesn't make a lot of logical sense. You know sense, what melancholy is? Like when you're melancholy. It's good wordplay. Like sad. Yeah. Yeah. Kinda. And so a collie is like a border collie. Oh, okay. And then a melon. <laughs> a melon. It's big and round of green. Oh, it's green. Okay. Yeah, you know, like oh, a watermelon? I don't really know my fruits. So there's the watermelon. <laughs> melon is the same thing in Spanish. <laughs> but melon, melon is, melon. is um, the orange one. That's true. Melons. Melon is watermelon. watermelon, a honeydew melon. I think she was referring to a watermelon. Okay. Okay, I understand that. We're all kind of confused. <laughs> <laughs> I got where you're going. It doesn't matter about the color. We got it. <laughs> All that is a stumped Thomas. You got it. You got me. And then he goes, that's really funny. Uh, <laughs> and I'm over uh, here just dying laughing. Oh, it's, it's like one of those jokes that makes you think. It's not like a, not really a laughing joke, I guess. You know? It's not like a ha. I laugh. There's this joke where it's like this boy is sitting on a bridge. Wait, are you, should, we, should we just tell it next week? No, I'm just going to tell it right now. It's not, it doesn't have anything to do with anything. So this boy is sitting on this bridge and he's, you know, uh, doing this really long yo-yo down to like the cars underneath, like messing with them. Like, oh, there's the yo-yo, pulled it back up, whatever. And then this truck drives by and, uh, you know, the yo-yo gets stuck on the truck and the boy's arms rip off. And the truck keeps driving for a long time, and then finally he gets pulled over and uh, arrested for armed robbery. <laughs> <laughs> armed robbery. Oh my god. That's Anyways. My stomach a Sorry, I didn't mean to. My grandpa told me that, and I was like, what? I didn't know it was like a joke or anything, so I was just like, is this just a weird. Weird story. <laughs> then I was like thinking of the logistics about it. I was like, wouldn't it have taken his finger, not his arm? Anyway. Thanks for the joke, Grandpa. <laughs> and I was like, geez, Roger, deal it back. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll get into the, the basic gist of this podcast. As we talked about beforehand, we talked about intentionality about two weeks ago. Last week, we talked about emotional chastity. And now we're going to friendship. All of these things play a role with each other, but I think we're going to go over mainly the types of friendships and how we live our lives as friends of other people and having friends that are friends to us, you know? And so the types of friendships are basically utility, pleasure, and virtue. And so I will start off kind of describing what a utility friendship is, and then once it will go on to describe pleasure, delight, and then I'll go back to virtue. So utility friendship, you can kind of think of it, um, I gave you guys this example a little bit earlier, was um, your dad. And how he says, oh, yeah, I have a friend that's a mechanic. Whenever your uncles are talking about cars, so he's like, don't worry, I have a friend. He's a mechanic. He can help you out with that. And you ask your dad, so what's this guy's, like, parents' name? What's his last name? He's like, I don't know. His name's just Joe. He's like, oh, so it's just mechanic Joe? He's like, yeah. He's like, all he does is just help me out whenever my car breaks and I pay him. 
So basically, all the gist is there is that my dad goes and says, Hey, Joe, how are you doing? He says, I'm doing great. How are you doing? Lots of business. Yep, lots of business. Fixes the car. My dad gives him money. He fixes the car, and that's like the end of the friendship. That's where the line ends. They no longer go on to what's happening in their lives. Uh, maybe a little bit, but really there's not much intention there besides that they need to get stuff done. You can think of it more like homework groups, uh, study groups, and stuff like that, where you guys all have the same class together, and you guys all get together to put info in for like a study review. But nothing goes beyond that. You don't ask how their daily lives are going. You don't ask what they do on their free time. But it's mainly you guys are just there to fulfill the needs of the class. So that's kind of a utility friendship. And then right. I'll turn I think that's, to... uh, it's really common to see that type of friendship in like a workspace or a school space and things like that. Where you'll, you know, you'll see someone every day doing the same thing. And, you know, you're never like... I don't know, you're not mean to them. You, like, say hi, and you're like, hi, how's it going? Being all friendly and stuff. But it's just there's not a lot of, like, work put into uh, making a a consistent relationship with that person, I guess. And that's, like, I don't know, that's where I see it a lot. Yeah. So so the other type of friendship is a pleasant friendship. Um, And the way that it's, like, described is that the basis of affection is the pleasure one gets out of the relationship. So... Basically, the relationship is more on, like, the commonality. So, like, you might like to go to, like, a football game with, like, a certain person or concerts because you all like that the same music, but it doesn't really go beyond that. Um, and, like, what unites people as friends um, is primarily the good times that they experience together. And so, yeah, it's like once that commonality is, like, taken away, then they're not friends anymore. And, like, you might care about the person but that's kind of like where it stops you know mm-hmm. um, yeah but I think it's important to say that um these friendships we didn't just like make them up um it's like it's Aristotle, Aristotle yeah yeah Aristotle talked about them and JP2 it's like likes to bring them up a lot and a lot of the things that he writes actually so yeah definitely and then the last one would be a virtuous friendship this one is basically brought up upon uh, you guys both have commonalities in the moral values that you guys have and the virtues you guys strive to complete. And so you can think of it more or less as like, most people would probably associate it if you're listening to this, most likely um, you are probably Catholic and listening to this, or if you're not a Christian, but you can think about it in the sense of your church friends. You guys go and go to the sacrifice of the mass together. You guys go and attend that together. And when you guys are there, you guys both know that you guys are both believers of Christ and you guys both want to reach heaven together. And so when you guys are hanging out, you guys basically have no, um, I guess, kind of boundaries of what you guys can share because you guys are both Catholic and you guys both have the common goal of reaching heaven. So you don't have to filter anything that you're talking about. So, for example, uh, we were talking about last week and how Thomas is a complete open book with all of his friends because he's very good about meeting them where they're at and not having to scare them away with the Catholic faith, but just teaching by action. Mm-hmm. And so you can, even if you're not going to the church with that person doesn't mean it can't be a virtuous friendship. It just means you guys share and want to will the good of the other. I think that's the most important thing to remember, the virtuous friendship. Um, having said those definitions of those friendships uh, from Aristotle and JP2, we're going to kind of talk about how these are defining our personal lives and what that looks like. And we're going to kind of give examples, personal examples. So the first one um, is a utilitarian friendship. So Thomas, you want to kick us off with that? What yeah, that kind of looks like in your life? I kind of touched on that a little bit. There's a lot of people that I will see uh, every once in a while, like, you know, in my day-to-day life, I'll see them at school or at work or something. 
and I, you know, I've gotten to know them just throughout, you know, doing a task with them and stuff like that. Um, but it doesn't always, like, I'm not always intentional about, you know, seeing them outside of that space. I actually noticed that when I got to college, I was like, I don't really have any friends that I feel comfortable hanging out with outside of like school and work. Uh, and I was like kind of concerned. So I'm getting better at that. Uh, cause I feel like I have a lot of friends where I'm like, this is the setting that I see you in and you do not go into the rest of my life because that's <laughs> Um, so that I kind of segmented my life. Um, but that's where I see it a lot of times. Um, I've always wanted to be a regular in a, a store or a copy shop or something. And that's, that's where I would want, that's the ideal utilitarian relationship mm-hmm. for me is the, the barista and you, and you're just like, how's it going, Steve? And Steve's like, what's up, Thomas? That's actually funny. I used to be, I guess, a regular at this one Starbucks and there was a barista named Steve or is it a barista if it's a dude anyways yeah. it doesn't matter yeah I think it is a barista yeah. I think a barista. Still a barista yeah um so so we knew Steve and you know we didn't really like you know we didn't want to like hang out with him outside of Starbucks cause that's weird uh he was, he was also like I guess older you know he's like 30ish <laughs> or whatever uh but he was cool and he knew our names and our orders and so that's as much as we knew about him. That he was Steve and he knew us. <laughs> Sometimes he gave us free drinks and that was it. So, I don't know. That's how utilitarian friendships play a role in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of us um, are similar saying that we're all in college. So I feel like a lot of our utilitarian utility friendships come from school. Um, I've noticed recently, like... I'm this cohort that I'm in, there's only nine of us in my class, and I will stay with them through graduate until I graduate. Um, and I've noticed, like, I feel, you know, there's, like, a spectrum, I guess, from utility all the way up to virtuous. And I feel like as we, as I've, like, as I've gone through the semesters, we're, like, really getting really close, and, but it, I've, it's always... It's always a text message wondering about school and everything. And once you, like, cross that boundary of, like, going... we I went to, like, eat with my friends one time, fr- school friends, and I noticed, like, I have nothing in common with these people. I can't talk about my faith. I can't talk about cats. I can't talk about anything. I don't know what to talk about. <laughs> yes, that's... Faith and cats. That's all we can talk about. <laughs> that's all my life is, I guess. Um, I mean, and again, don't get me wrong, it wasn't, it's never a bad time, it's not like they're bad people, they're fun people, they're great, it's just, I, it's like, you know, you all said, it's like that extent to what you can share, what you feel comfortable sharing, to me, that's what it kind of keeps that at utility, um, and it's, like I said, it's never a bad, it's not a bad thing, it's just, outside of school, we don't talk, or, I'm, I'll still pray for them always, but they may not even know that I'm doing that. And, you know, it's not like I can discuss that always. Um, but, yeah, like, being that person, you know, with them, no, even if it's utility or pleasure, just, like, always keeping, you know, their interests in mind, I guess, is what I try to do. 
uh, again, even though if that's not even in the picture for them, it's okay. You know, we're they're my friends, and um, I'm their friend. So, uh, yeah, it's not a bad thing, but that's, like, how I've been finding it playing a role in my life right now. So. What about you guys? I think... Um... I was trying to think about this even when I was formulating this question of how to ask you guys. I really couldn't think of a utility friendship because I am extremely bad at making friends in my classes. I got really good this semester. I made two friends and I was super happy. I was like, yes, it's because history majors is not a lot. And so most likely you're going to have three of the same classes out of the five with those people. And these guys have three of the same classes. This guy was like, hey, I have you in three classes. And I was like, hey, Saul. I have you in three class, and he's like, we should exchange numbers, that way if we need help with anything, we can text. But then, we even hung out the other day, and it was like, it was just really cool, because we were able to relate on so many different things, Mm -hmm. but I think the main thing for me that it came up was, I think high school, I had so many utility friendships in high school, because I was looking back, before I deleted um, social media, I was looking at all these people that I had on on my social media feed, and I just kept on seeing all these people that I was so like such good friends with. I was so I thought in high school, and then I thought about it a little bit after I deleted it, and I couldn't help but think, I do not know these people whatsoever. I know their parents' names. I know who they are. I know that they like to play, ba- play basketball, and I know that they like to do this. But I have no idea how they feel on a day to day basis. I don't know if their faith plays a big role in life. I don't know what they do outside of all these extracurriculars. What do they do in their free time? And so I realized that. All these people in high school, not all of them, but the majority of them were such utility-based friendships where it was either I had a class with them or I did band with them or I did choir or I did soccer with them. And that was where the line ended. I never really hung out with them outside of that. And so I think that's where utility friendships play a role in my life. Yeah. Yeah, I think something that I've noticed with like utilitarianism friendships, right? That's what you say? It's like they don't really stand the test of time. Like it's like... Once, I don't know, like, school friendship-wise, once the semester's over, the science class is over that you guys, like, all struggled through with, like, y'all cried together, now that it's over, it's, like, on to the next semester, you know? And, like, you're not, you probably won't text the other person, like, for homework or anything because, like, it's next semester, you don't have the same classes with them. But, um, yeah, like, like you were saying, like, in high school... I thought I was, like, really good friends with all these people, and I went to a private school, so um, it was, like, really easy to just be able to talk to anybody, and then, yeah, like, all of a sudden, you graduate, and that's it, like, you don't really talk to the people, so, like, it didn't stand the test of time, and you don't know what they're doing, like, the other day, I was seeing who shared their location with me, and one of my really good friends that I thought, like, we would be friends forever, she still shares her location with me, and I was, like, Wow, like, this is so sad that I really thought, like, you know, we would be, like, best friends forever. And then, so I don't know if I should tell her that she's sharing her location with me. That's kind of creepy. But, um, and yeah, and I think that a big issue with utilitarianism friendships, I can't say Utilitarian. it. Utilitarian. Utilitarian um, friendships. Louis, no ism. No ism. utility. Or, you, yes, that, um, is that it can, like, lead a person to feel, like, very lonely in general because you don't share, the, like, with them, like, what's in your heart because it's all very, like, surface, like, hey, how are you? Good, how are you? Okay, let's, I don't know, like, get to studying or something like that, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I think in our culture maybe is a lot of, like, loneliness because people don't really want to share, like, what's in their heart, you know? And it's it's hard to make friendships into virtuous friendships um yeah yeah. i think 
like utilitarian friendships aren't bad, uh-huh. and neither are the pleasure friendships mm-hmm. as we'll as we'll get onto it. Um, but you know, it's it's about knowing what type of friendship you want with the person. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Jesus had three best friends, twelve close friends, and then you know the other disciples uh, of him while he was on earth um, that he may or may or may not have known uh, closely or not. Um, but you know, you're not going to have a virtuous friendship with everybody. You don't have the, the capacity in your, in your brain to keep track of that. And like, you know, um, I think there's like, there was like a study and it was like, how many close friends can you have? And it was like, it was like a dozen or something. It might've been less than that. Um, I don't know. Obviously when I quote a study and I say, I think there was a study that said something like, don't, don't, you know, quote me on it. Um, but you know, you just have to recognize that you need virtuous friendships in your life. You don't need everyone to have a virtuous friendship with you, but you need virtuous friendship. Otherwise you will feel lonely. Um, especially once those utilitarian friendships fade and especially once you stop getting the pleasure from those pleasure friendships. So, yeah, definitely. But there's like, I guess there's a place for all of them in your life, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, the next one that we're going to move to is a pleasure or a delight friendship. Um, Kylie, you want to start us off with that? Yeah. What does it look like in your life? Um, so I guess high school was more like that realm for me. Um, and a lot more like junior high and high school because, um, I had some friends that, you know, we'd hang out together. We liked the same things and, um, it's, it was wonderful. Like we still, you know, check in with each other every now and then, but it's never past the extent of what we're, we have in common. So if it's like, um, we played basketball together, you know, we'll always kind of talk about basketball if we hang out or, you know, um, or movies, we'll like go see a movie together, but it's never like a deeper conversation. Like, how are you doing? Or how's your family doing? You know? And, um, it's always kind of like a, a, just like a good old hangout time, you know, it's never like a lean on your shoulder kind of moment, like, I'm really struggling with life right now, please help me. Um, it's, that's not really someone I would go to for those moments. Um, and again, it's not just because they're bad, it's just I don't have that relationship with them built. And um, I, I have a lot of friends in college that I've made from class, like past classes that I haven't, I don't haven't seen in a while and um yeah it was you know we see each other on campus all the time we just say how's your semester going how's your class going um do you still like that old thing i don't know what i'm trying to say like (laughs) movie i don't know something um we talk for about five minutes and then it's like okay see ya i don't know when i'll see you again but i'll see you when i see you it's like that kind of goodbye and uh it's always like i just wish i could have said more i wish we could have hung out more but it's always like you know, I don't know how much more into that conversation I can go, but, uh, but yeah, that's kind of how, like, the pleasure, and also, like, I don't party, so I don't, I can't really, (laughs) I say, I don't really have a relationship with that, but, like, I guess if we were to, like, have, like, your, your going out friends, you know, and, like, you just, I guess I experienced my freshman year in college one, like, literally one time, (laughs) And I realized I didn't like it, but, um, uh, yeah, like, my, this person I roomed with, uh, we met some friends, 
and we had a really wonderful time. We went out to eat, and then we went out, and I forget where we went, just like dancing or something. And yeah, it was a really fun time, but I just wanted more. I didn't. There was almost no conversation. It was just you and we had, we had a good time together as a group in public, and then we went home. And it's like okay, I I feel like I needed more, and that's why I was like okay, maybe this is for me. Um, but yeah, that's what it meant to me, I guess. Um, I think. Well, okay, so like like you were saying, freshman year, it's like you're like okay, whatever, like trying new things, right? And I came into college with like a group of my guy friends and they all went into frats and so I was like yes like I have it ready like I'm gonna be like having the time of my life it's college right and so I went to a couple frat parties and like you were saying it was like you just wanted more like it's like I don't belong here what what am I doing here like but it's like I was scared to like lose them as my friends because I was like I don't know like do if I just have like my going out friends like this is like literally all I have at the current moment and so but then I started getting more involved in CSA and realizing like I this is not how I like to spend my time you know and so then I just like I actually never talked to those my friends that are in frats anymore and it like sucks because we were really good friends so I thought but it's like the commonality that we had was going out and now that I like don't want to they like stopped inviting me and now like we're just kind of living like separately you know and like it sucks and I've tried like to make it into virtuous friendships like like by inviting them to, their, to retreats and stuff like that um but I mean I, they just like don't want to and yeah so I think for me it's very similar to yours I feel because when I first got here uh, me and my roommate, we were really good friends in high school and even like before that, elementary, early middle school. And I thought it was going to be um, like we were just best friends for like ever. And I thought that was like the definition of what a virtuous friendship was. But I soon came to realize that it really wasn't. It, a lot of the times we hung out was only when we would go out. And we had very different ideals of where we wanted to go in life. I was very much centered around it is my job here on earth to bring people to come to know the mystery of Christ. That was just like, I came to that realization in my senior year in high school. I wanted to do everything possible to allow people to introduce, to introduce people to Christ. And it seemed very evident that we just weren't on the same page. And the more the years went by, the first two years of college, I soon came to realize that the friendship, not even just us intentionally separating, but it just separated as we went along. And I realized oh man like this sucks I was kind of just saying we were best friends just because of the nostalgia of it and I was like oh no we're best friends since elementary school it's it is the way it is but it just definitely wasn't I remember going home and talking to my mom and telling her hey so and so and I have just like not talked about anything deep in a year and I don't know what to do and she really didn't even have an answer either it wasn't until summer when I went to spiritual direction and this priest sat there and told me it's okay to not be as close as you were with someone now. He's like, some friendships aren't meant to last forever. Some friendships have expiration dates, sadly. He's like, all you can do is look retrospectively on those friendships and thank God for that moment that you were able to intercede in their life and that they were able to take a place in your life. He's like, it's not bad. All you have to do is just be able to recognize the virtue and the beauty that came out of that and also the sorrow that helped you grow. And I think that's for me, you know, that was in a very much a pleasurable friendship that I didn't realize in the moment. It wasn't until a couple months after that friendship sort of dissolved that I came to that realization. And of course, I'm thankful for it. And I prayed for him every single day. 
but that doesn't change the fact that it was a pleasurable friendship mm-hmm. rather than a virtuous one. I think for me, a lot of times, pleasure friendships form around people that laugh at my jokes. <laughs> um, you know, if you're easy to easy to make laugh, oh man, I'm hanging around you a lot because I like make a lot of jokes. <laughs> if you make me feel good by laughing at my jokes, hey, let's be friends. Um, Kylie, that's how we became friends. <laughs> how dare Kylie's, you? Kylie's mouth just dropped open. Just um, keep the huge. I don't necessarily think that's true. Um, you guys keep talking about like, oh yeah, my church friends are my virtuous friends. Uh, I think, uh, I'm going to be the person to point out that not everybody that I know at church, I have a virtuous friendship with mm-hmm. a lot of people. Uh, it's just like either utilitarian or pleasure friendship. And, uh, like I said, that's okay. It's not, it's not the end of the world to have a pleasure friendship or a utilitarian friendship. You just got to know, know what it is, you know? Um, yeah, for pleasure friendships, you guys touched on a lot of it. Um, my mind is just blanking on, on people that I know and stuff. I was just thinking about the, the fact that a lot of times my friendships are do start out with people laughing at my jokes. And I think pleasure friendships are the things that can kind of grow to uh, the virtues friendships. Those are the ones that are really easy to get to like make that next step, you know? Um because like one of my best friends, Ryan Ramirez, we knew each other because our parents knew each other and because we played baseball in elementary school together for like one or two seasons before I quit. And then, because I didn't like ba- my baseball coach, he was mean. Um, and then uh, he goes. To, he went to my middle school because he, he didn't go to my elementary school even though we lived in like the same place because his mom taught in elementary school, so he went there. Anyway, so we get to middle school and I'm hanging out with uh, some of my friends from elementary school, and he just happens to become friends with them through athletics. And so we like, you know, we start getting to know each other better there, and that just kind of becomes like a like a pleasure friendship or like a like a hey, we're around each other a lot kind of friendship. And I would see him at church and stuff. Uh, and then through high school, we just became better and better friends. Um, you know, the more we saw each other. Um, in our different classes because we would have a lot of classes the same and then we saw each other at church and you know by my senior year I was just like yeah Ryan's my best friend and it was just it just kind of shocked me I was like I was like I don't really know how we got here you know like we didn't like plan it out like hey we're gonna be really virtuous friends it was just we happened to be two guys that were around each other a lot and care about a lot of the same stuff um, and he was funny and he also laughed at my jokes <laughs> and that's how, that's how things happen. Um, so I think that's, that's a consoling thing to think about is that pleasure friendships oftentimes, at least for me, happen when I'm around people that, that I like, that I like to be around. And I'm usually attracted to people that have a lot of the same values for me. So it's not hard to make that next step to a virtuous friendship, uh, if I so desire Obviously, you can only have so many virtuous friendships. So, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Awesome. I don't know if I touched on everything I wanted to touch on, but I'll probably bring it up if I. <laughs> um, yeah, the last one I guess would be a virtuous friendship and what that means to us. And I'll kick us off with that one, and then we can go on to y'all. Um, I would say the virtuous friendship for me, it it takes place in a lot of different places in my life, 
And a lot of different people have filled that role. But I think one that I just can't negate the truth behind it being a virtuous friendship is I'm not just saying that because you guys are here with me right now. But it's you guys. I think definitely when I had this idea of starting a podcast, nothing would fall short of me wanting to be friends with those people initially before starting this. Because I think I started this podcast because I desired so deeply to jump into these deep conversations so freely and so openly with people that I love dearly and hold like a special place in my heart, you know? And so I think that's what like a virtuous friendship means is that I cared for all of you guys way before we even started this podcast. And then once you jumped into this podcast, you guys just show me even more and more each time we talk why I fall in love with your guys' friendships every single day. And so I think that's the definition for a virtuous friendship for me. Of course, there's plenty of other people. Uh, if you get offended that I didn't mention you as a virtuous friendship, this is just the one that I can't negate the truth behind. And I can see them definitely pushing me and calling me higher from a day-to-day basis, no matter what I'm doing. And so I guess that's how virtuous friendships play a role in my life. Yeah. We can go to Monza now. Um, so I found this thing that John Paul II said about virtuous friendships. And he said that... Um, the only way two human persons can avoid using each other is to relate in the pursuit of a common good. And as Catholics, like that common good is really like striving towards heaven and and basically being saints, right? Um, and so I think, oh man, I'm blanking. I don't know why. I was going to say something. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, hang on. We can go to someone else. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go, and then we, we can and we'll come, come back, back to you. To you. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Um, in the same way that uh, Nacho talked about, you know, this podcast, I guess this helped me realize this. I came in today, and I was like, man, just this podcast. I always leave this podcast kind of wanting slash needing to make uh, like little tweaks and changes in my life to to be better. And that's a really cool thing. And I, I think that's true for all virtuous uh, friendships. You should leave or, or you should spending time with the virtuous friend should leave you with a sense of wanting to change for the better. I think that's true with my friendship with my friend Ryan, uh, with my friend Luke. We, we always talk about things that, uh, you know, just, oh, hey. What's going on in your life? Like, how can I pray for you? Uh, especially because they both live in College Station. So a lot of times it's like one phone call a week or a month right now. Uh, and it's it's just like, hey, let's catch up really quick. Um, but also a lot of times it's like, oh, man, I just went through a rough week. I just want to get these things off my chest. And they don't necessarily, they're not like saying, hey, you should do this and this and this. Sometimes they're just like, man, that's tough. Like you really gotta like take courage in this or think about uh, it in this perspective. And it really helps me change my perspective on things and helps me to be a better person. And that happens with some of my uh, non-Catholic friends as well. I, I know some really good people. And so a lot of times if I, if I talk to them for long enough, uh, I will usually be encouraged to do good and hopefully in the way that I interact with other people, I encourage them to do good. And sometimes my friends uh, from school will walk up to me and be like, Thomas, you make me feel guilty about doing bad things. And I'm like, good. I don't want you to do bad things because I care about you. So they're like, oh, don't curse. Thomas is here. And I'm like, I mean, okay. I'm, 
I'm not going to tell you that I'm okay with cursing and that I, I do curse on, on occasion because you're it's probably making you better that you're not cursing right now or that you're resisting. So uh, so I think that's what virtuous friendship is to me is uh, it's the same tendency of like uh, in the same way that virtue is your natural tendency to do good, a virtuous friendship is the natural tendency to reflect the virtue of the other person. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, I whenever I got to college, I literally called my mom. I still tell her this all the time, but I like the month after I started. Uh, well, it was probably a little later, but uh, like whenever I really found my place, I guess I told my mom I. I called her and I said, I didn't know what an authentic, virtuous friendship was until I came here. Because I was perfectly happy with, like, everything in high school. I had friends. It was great. But these people, like, that you surround yourself with in virtuous friendships, and it doesn't have to be just, like, in a Catholic center or in a It's, like, wherever you find your your person or your people. Uh, I just happened to find mine at our Catholic Student Center. But um, they... They really, you, you pray for each other or you, you strive to be better with each other. Um, they're like, people in my life are, um, I remember like I have a day that I became best friends with my friend Heather and uh, she's only one of my best friends so if anyone's getting upset, so don't be upset, don't worry, it's fine. Um, but it was when we had a Bible study and one of the things we did each week was prayer partners. And so you just chose one person in the Bible study to go and like have lunch with or just get to know each other. And our first meeting was at her favorite coffee shop called Cup and Cake. And it was like the start of something amazing. And after that, I called my mom. I was like, Mom, I, I didn't know this thing. Like, I don't know if friendships could get better than this, you know? And, um, yeah, it's like someone you can break down your wall for. Like, you put on an act all day with, like, a smile. And, like, okay, I'm at school. Um, but then you just close the door and you're just like, I need to vent about life. Help me out. And if you can't help, it's fine. I just need someone to listen. It's fine. And, um, but yeah, it's, that's kind of how it's been playing a role in my life. Again, like the pleasure friendships and utility friendships that I, I witnessed, like, or I experienced in junior high and high school, um, like Nacho said, like we, we needed that. Like we, I needed those people to get through high school. Like we held each other up for high school, but after that, it's kind of, our roles for each other were, um, done. We're still, I still pray for them, but it's almost like we've, we have our different paths and that's okay. Everyone has a path and, um, we just, you grow to be who you are and who the, you might be, may not be what that person is. Uh, and so, yeah, one second. Yeah, okay, I remember what I was going to say now. But basically, like, like, I think a virtuous friendship is really, like, pushing each other to be, the, like, the best version that the other, like, you know the other person, like, has this awesome potential, and it's just, like, reminding them of it. And, mm-hmm. like... And allowing yourself to be, like, that person that your, like, friend wants to vent to and stuff like that. And, like, but also helping them, helping them out, like, throughout life because, like, you love them and you're not going to leave them astray. You're not going to give them, like, some random, like, encouragement or, like, something to do because you're not coming from a bad place. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. To, sure. I've got one more thing to say. Okay. Uh, it's just what Kylie said kind of made me go off on a tangent of, like, venting to people is um like i i guess kind of a necessity like don't do it over don't overdo it because you know complaining is bad uh and it's not like healthy for you 
But I think that's where, uh, you know, um, like spam Instagrams and like fences come from, where people want a, a place to like talk about these things. Like, man, I'm really struggling with this. Or, man, I really want to complain about this. And they don't have a person or they don't feel comfortable with the person. And so they make this thing so they can just say it to whoever follows. And it's like, hey, here's the thing that I'm thinking about. And I'm just going to tell it to everybody and nobody. And that's why I think those are silly. Um, But so, yeah. So I encourage you to go find a friend that you feel comfortable um, telling anything you put on a Finsta on. Yeah, and I guess yeah. Thomas kind of touched upon it, but I guess now to kind of close out, or before we close out, in a sentence or a phrase, I want you guys to um, basically give advice to someone that wants to move from a pleasurable friendship to a virtuous friendship. In one sentence, I just want one sentence to summarize everything. And mine, essentially, is going to be, don't be afraid to ask questions when someone asks, when whenever you ask someone how they're doing. Don't be content with, I'm doing well ask why uh, virtuous friendship takes patience uh, selflessness and a general desire for the good of others so if you don't if you don't have those you're not going to be able to achieve a virtuous friendship but if you have those Everybody desires a virtuous friendship in their heart. It's kind of a necessity, like a social necessity for people. So don't be afraid to try and make that next step with other people. It's not as big of a step as you think. Mm-hmm. Um, mine is, even if you have your utility friendship or your pleasure friendship, remember that each person is made in the likeness of God. So we're all initially hoping and praying that for their best interests and for their journey to witness and experience Christ. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, mine is just don't be scared to be vulnerable and, like, be, like, just be giving of yourself to the other person in order to, yeah, have a more fruitful relationship. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, go out and find some virtuous friends to share in the joy of Jesus Christ. And next week we will be uh, with a special guest and a surprise. So we'll leave you with that. Have a good week and God bless.